Hello, beautiful tribe. This podcast is sponsored by Uvita. Thousands of years ago, before modern medicine proved scientific evidence for mind and body connection, the sages of India developed Ayurveda, which continues to be one of the most sophisticated, powerful mind and body health systems up to date. And I can begin to tell you, tribe, that it's about putting the power back in your hands. And the company that's helping you do that is Uvita. I've been on Uvita for a couple months now so that I can have a healthy gut and be able to clear my gut and be able to have the best digestive system that I can have. Because healing your gut allows the body to build a stronger immune system and produce the right kind of bacteria that tells your brain that it's okay to feel good. And as, as everyone knows, I'm the shaman who likes to stay lit and make sure the tribe is lit all day long. And so it's important for us to feel good in our bodies and it's important for us to live a very healthy life. Uvita is a company that is doing that. They are utilizing the knowledge and understanding of Ayurveda in their company, wild harvested and organically grown herbs that they synergistically create in an Ayurvedic way to be able to give you what you need for your body to sustain health, wellness, and vitality. Everything that they have in their company is based in integrity, ethically sourced from natives who practice sustainability. And I can't begin to tell you how happy I am to share this with you and to have them be one of the sponsors for Ancient Wisdom Today podcast. Their products offer everything from immunity to healthy joints and to healthy mood and healthy digestion and a healthy body. What more can you ask for from a company that is bringing Ayurvedic understanding to the Western world in a way that is supporting us and lifting us and shifting us into the greater possibilities of who we are? So I welcome you to experience Uvita. You can even contact them by going to their website, which is www.uvita.com. And you make your first order, type in the word shaman, which is their code for the Ancient Wisdom Today podcast tribe. And you will get 35% off on your order for your first order of Uvita. But I'm telling you, the moment you start taking this product, you're going to see dramatic change in your body and the way you feel. And that is the best. And as the tribe knows, I'm all about putting the power back in your hands. So go ahead and check out Uvita and use my code SHAMAN. And until then, live healthy always and every day in your life. Love you. Human beings have been sharing stories for hundreds of thousands of years. And with those stories came the emotional, spiritual, and physical knowledge of the ancients. Shaman Durek is a third-generation shaman, an evolutionary innovator, and a women's empowerment leader. He's here to bring forth the ancient wisdom of our elders to help heal and bring happiness into our modern society. We're sharing ancient knowledge in modern times in order to put the power back in people's hands. Welcome to the tribe. Hello, tribe, and... I am so overjoyed to share another tribal member's gift to the tribe. Uh, this is a beautiful mantra created by Nicole Del Carmen Davis. And Nicole is created a beautiful mantra. And as you know, I do not discriminate on however people want to express themselves to the tribe, as long as it's coming from love. It doesn't matter what culture or belief that they are connected to, as long as it's coming from love. So this is a beautiful mantra. It really touched my heart. So I wanted to share it with the tribe. And if you want to follow her, you can go to on Instagram at alive to thrive 88. Enjoy. Hello, tribe and galactic family. I'm so grateful and thankful for the opportunity to share this with you. This is a benediction that you can sing alone to yourself or you can sing in a group. We're going to repeat it twice. And as you wish, you may alter the words to suit wherever you're at and whatever tradition you may or may not ascribe to. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord shine his face upon you and give you peace and give you peace forever. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord shine his face upon you and give you peace, and give you peace forever. 
Hi, Tribe. So if you're interested in bringing a poem or a song or something you would like to share with the other tribal members, perhaps words of encouragement or anything that you feel you want to share that is your material and that you've created for the tribe, you can do so by sending it to sam, as S-A-M, at shamandurek.com. I think it's important for us to let the other tribal members know the love that we have for them. And thank you. I think it's a wonderful, beautiful thing to create community. So I look forward to it. Thank you. Hello, tribe, and welcome to Ancient Wisdom Today podcast. And if anyone hasn't told you today how much you are loved, let me be the first. I love you so much. And I'm so happy that you're on this planet and that we get to bring leaders into action to create legacy. And it's about stepping forward and really bringing the messages to the heart that are really about creating global change and really awakening the masses. And that's what this is all about. It's about stepping into that place of power, recognizing who you are and standing out and saying what is necessary for our growth as a tribe so that we can lift and shift everyone on this planet and create a better place for our children and for those future generations to come. And I am so happy because we're talking about change, right? We're talking about global change. We're talking about you know, interpersonal change. And we're also talking about social awareness as well as change that takes place within the allopathic world and the holistic world. And one of the things that has always been a question for a lot of people when it comes to what's happening in the planet right now is about marijuana. Now, I'm not talking about marijuana and saying, hey, let's roll up a spliff and just go ahead and toke one. But what I'm talking about is about getting into a space of understanding that it's not just about rolling up that spliff. It's about medicine. And it's about real medicine that was used in long time ago on the planet and that had so many different properties that could help people in so myriad of ways to assist in health and rejuvenation, to help in so many different areas when it comes to our bodies and the way that we operate within our synthesis and our bodies. And as you know, Tribe, I'm always talking about ways that we can improve our health and that we can keep ourselves optimum and at the highest level. And so I am so happy to have in studio today two powerful women who are pioneering this message into the world. I'd love to introduce you to my beautiful friends, Abby Epstein, who is the director of We the People, and Ricky Lake, who is the most generous, loving person throughout the years you've known her through her TV spots, her talk shows, and everything that she puts out in the world is about bringing change. Both these two women are bringing a pioneering understanding of what it means to really understand medicine in a different way than most people have understood up to this point. So I know you want to stay and really listen and take it in and share it with your friends because this episode of this podcast is going to be lit. So welcome to The Share, Abby and Ricky. Such a pleasure. What an introduction. Love you. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, uh, and I'm sure you've heard me say I was talking about that. But first of all, I just want to say I wanted to just honor both of you for your constant dedication to really bringing an awareness to people on so many levels. You know, uh, the, the importance of your documentaries and your films and the work that you do in the world is so important. And I just want to commend both of you on an excellent job. So I really appreciate you. Thank you. We appreciate you. So, okay, so we want to talk about, you know, what, what, what was the thing that fostered this into, um, into fruition? What did you both see in the world that said, hey, you know what, Ricky, you know what, Abby, we need to come together and we need to create this amazing documentary that is going to shape the world and help people to understand more education about how marijuana and how it's being used today and how, what the benefits are to support us as people. Well, I wish I could say it was that calculated. It really wasn't. But Christian Mm -hmm. Evans, who was my husband for, we were together for six and a half years and and Shaman Derek, you were kind enough to do ceremony for my beloved who passed away uh, just yesterday. It was two years, February 11th. And he was sort of the, the catalyst for this project. You know, he was researching cannabis way back in 2011 for his own healing 
uh, at first. And then he, you know, was looking for his grandfather who was, you know, diagnosed with bone cancer. And then at the same time, a little girl who had been a fan of mine from Dancing with the Stars, you know, was very sickly and we got involved in her care. So it was just really this like snowball effect of like us, you know, getting involved in, in the cannabis space and, and integrative care. And it was me telling Abby, like, Abby, you're not going to believe what's going on in my life. Abby and I had teamed up with the business of being born and a number of other projects. And she's like, wait a minute, I think this could be our next movie. You see, Abby has the vision. I have the life experience and then she sees the big picture. Right. <laughs> I, I love that. And that, yeah, let's We're put it, I, you're just educating. Yeah. We're calling it cannabis. It's not marijuana. So what's the difference between the two? I think it's semantics, you know, it's, it's the same thing. It's the same. Okay. Um, but cannabis, okay. I think, yeah, it is exactly the same. Nice. Okay. And so, you know, tell me about, so you, so you, you were on this journey, this heart journey of really being there with Christian, you know, being there to support people, to serve people, to help them, to be able to facilitate health and wellness in their body through uses of cannabis and being able to, and then both of you came together and was like, this is going to be your next film. What did you feel was the reason that this film needed to be out there? Well, I mean, we it's it's like uncharted waters. You know, you're trying to figure out, you know, dosing and strains and what works for what. I mean, it's really like the blind leading the blind. And you know, I I was simply having this experience with this little girl where I I just wanted to help her. I I felt compelled to try to do something that because the chemotherapy was killing this child. She was like six years old and 29 pounds. And so, you know, it was just this journey that we were on. And Abby was, you know, had the foresight to to want to document it. And little did we know, you know, five and a half years of footage of following children with pediatric cancer. I mean, it's it's really important information, you know, to see, you know, and it doesn't doesn't work for everyone, but it's remarkable what it can do, you know, the cannabinoid system and you know, having these 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 oils that are given to these kids simultaneously as they're getting their chemotherapy. I mean, the, re- the results were really worth noticing. And um, I think the movie is really powerful in, in re-educating people about this plant and, and what it can do. I think that's um, a beautiful way to bring energy into the world and support people. Because I think what, you know, when we think about the allopathic world, and this is something I talk a lot about when I get invited to speak on health boards, is that, you know, when you're dealing with cancer, you're dealing with allopathic medicine, they're only focusing on the symptoms. They're not focusing on the the core of the root, and they're not using all available resources. And so I really think that, you know, both of you creating this film is so timely because it's really about educating. And I think education is something that we really need as culture of people so that we understand what's available to us. What did you feel were some of the challenges, Abby, in making this film? Well, there's so many challenges. And I just wanted to go back to one thing you you asked about the word marijuana. Yes. So one of the things that we expose in the film is that the bias against cannabis, the way that they turned everybody against the plant and brainwash people is by associating the plant with immigrants. So it's, you know, even though this was happening in the 1930s, it's very apropos with what's happening today. And so marijuana was basically a word that, you know, the prohibitionists came up with to just make it sound scary and Hispanic. And to make it be like, oh, this is that, you know, wacky weed that all the Mexicans are smoking and they're going to come into this country and, you know, rape the women. I mean, that, that's really what reefer madness was about in the 30s and 40s. And it was incredibly successful. And we know that still today, it's communities of color who have suffered the most under the drug laws. And so, you know, there's a real dark side to the way that this this plant was was spun and you know i think that the use of that marijuana word you know was extremely in, intentional and stuck around so just wanted to address that but also you know i think what's so difficult about making this film first of all was just like ricky was saying you know we learned so much so quickly about this plant like one of the things I didn't know is like, I didn't know that you could use this plant without getting high. I didn't understand that there were like elements of the plant that were psychoactive and elements of the plant that were not psychoactive at all. That was like 
a huge revelation, you know? And when we were learning about CBD and CBA and CBG and CBN and like all these elements of the plant, you know, it was really eye-opening. But when we started following the families, I think it was really hard to get the doctors and the hospitals on board to allow us to film, to interview the doctors. You know, very few of them were allowed to, not because they didn't want to, but because you know, the hospitals and the PR people wouldn't let them because everybody is so scared because you have federal illegality around this and nobody wants to lose their medical license and nobody wants to lose their funding and nobody wants to be affiliated. So, you know, I think that bias, that stigma was, was one of the hardest things to, to overcome when we were trying to, you know, get access for filming. I think what what's what I think is very amazing and noble about the situation is the fact that you did have support from people who came in to support you in making this film. And I think it's unfortunate that our world is still where it is today as far as our level of knowledge that's available to us, you know, so readily in the way in which we operate as far as, you know, what we allow for our health and wellness on the planet. I think that, you know, we, we definitely are, there's a lot of scare factors that come up for a lot of people because there's still that very woo-woo factor or, you know, like what is considered medicine and what is not considered medicine. And, you know, I had the pleasure of, you know, being, coming to your screening um, to, you know, to your premiere that you had in Los Angeles. And for me, what I was really taken by, and I had tears in, you know, while I was in the theater, was just how, you know, the kids who were in your film, how it affected their lives and how it even set them on their path and their purpose because they got to learn about the medicine while they were taking the medicine. And I, I really think that's a, a really beautiful thing about your film. And by the way, everyone, if you haven't seen Weed the People, uh, you please, you know, you're going to find out how you can get involved in every which way. But you, you really have to see this film. I mean, it was definitely very intense um, for me on so many levels because the intensity was for me was the reality of where our world is and what and what you actually have to deal with in order just to stay alive and just to be healthy and have resources that can support that. So I think I can understand that very well. And you know, I think a lot of times too, people get really stuck in the idea that they have to go down one medical route versus another instead of looking at the alternatives that are available. What do you think about that? What are your thoughts on that, both of you? I mean, I, I'm all for integrative care. So, you know, using all different modalities and all different, you know, philosophies. And I believe, you know, the, the patient and the, and the family of the patient needs to advocate for themselves. You know, there's so many different opinions out there. We need to educate ourselves. No one's going to care more than us about our own bodies. You know, there, there's so much information out there. And that's really, you know, it, it, it's really an issue, you know, for like when you have a loved one that's diagnosed with cancer, God forbid, or some other ailment to go on this path, particularly if you live in a legal state. I think, you know, one thing we're, we're hoping to accomplish with the film is really getting, you know, something in place so that people have a place to go to to find information for them that's specific to them in the areas where they live and what they have access to and dosing. It, it's really an uphill battle, but I think we've come a long way. Yeah, you definitely. I definitely think we have come a long way, even though the journey ahead is, you know, is still is still there. But I think that the journey ahead has become a little bit more lighter in its load by having people like you and Abby, you know, creating this level of education and information to the world. Abby, when it came to making the film and doing that, how long was the process in? Uh, and and because it seems that like in the film you're seeing different ages, or it looks like there's like a cycle that's taking place. What was the the duration of the whole entire documentary from start to finish? Well, if you see in the film the baby Sophie, so at the beginning of the film she's nine months old, and at the end of the film when we show the updates, you know she's five. <laughs> so it's a really long span of time that we covered these kids you know it was four four years of their of their lives 
But then these films take such a long time to make, you know, like Ricky was saying, I think Christian was doing the research in 2011, 2012, you know, 2012 was when we started exploring the subject, you know, fundraising. So it was like a six year journey. And it, you know, it's a really profound journey because I think Ricky and I were just kind of following the story in real time. And we were going to Israel and meeting scientists and, you know, trying to really show like the high, high level of research that's going on around cannabis that people aren't aware of. So it's just, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a multi-year process. Part of that has to do with fundraising and things like that. But also I think with this film, it, it's important because you were able to see these storylines develop you know, and like the arcs of the characters, you can almost see how the cannabis business, you know, evolved like in the background of the movie. And when we started the movie and we were going to conferences, you know, it was this kind of like hippie thing still, like very grassroots activism. And like by the time we finished the film, it was like everybody's in business suits, you know, and now it's like this whole thing is being driven by money, not, not by activists. So, you know, we've kind of watched it all evolve. And it's been interesting for Ricky and I, because we don't have a dog in the race. Like we're completely not involved in any way in the industry or in the political piece of it. Like, so for us, it was just being these, you know, observers and trying to be really objective about like the pros and, and the cons of what's going on. Because you, you, know, you do want people to have access to this plant. But like you were saying about education, people don't know how to use it. And you know, I know cancer patients and, and other patients with autoimmune disorders who are growing this in their backyard and making themselves smoothies every morning and having the most incredible health benefits, like literally putting their diseases in remission just from raw juicing this plant which is completely not psychoactive. I mean, you could give a raw juice to a, a baby, you know? And then there's patients in other states that can't even get a drop, that don't have any access to it. You know, so it's, it's a human rights issue at this point because it's, it's just, you can't have a resource like this plant and just make it available to some people and not to others and then charge $200 a bottle and it's not covered by insurance and... You know, it's, it's, it's really, a, I think, you know, we think really about health equity and, and health justice at this point. So it is an issue with human rights. And it's unfortunate that we are on a planet that creates a divisive, you know, divide amongst people so that we can't bring together a collective understanding of our resources and how we can support each other, both in the healthcare and every other area of our life. And it's sad that a family would have to uproot themselves and go to another state or another place to be able to get the benefits of this amazing plant, this medicine that it provides. And I, you know, one of the things that was just really uh, just kind of stood out for me, and I want to go back to Ricky on this because you know you were talking about the duration of this project and when I felt that mm -hmm. I felt I felt my heart you know my heart got really emotional and I went back to Ricky and it went back to being on in in, in the ceremony and on that and in that oh. um, situation where we were honoring Christian on the waters of, in, in Ibiza in front of Esfedra, and just the love and the devotion that you've had to your husband, and you know from the very beginning and into this project, the long duration of this project was that very difficult for you emotionally when it came to like this long duration of carrying on that project, even knowing that you know Christian was a part of the beginning of this. Did you feel that that was like a love project for you? Absolutely. And it's bittersweet. You know, even now, you know, Abby and I, we were doing the, all the press and all the stuff for the theatrical launch a few months ago. It's like, I can't believe he's not here. I can't believe he didn't live to see this to fruition because, you know, my guy was someone who struggled with lack of purpose his whole life. He couldn't figure out, you know, what his gifts were, why he was here. And so clearly this project is his heart and soul. And the fact that he didn't live to see it, you know, and to see the, the impact it's having is, is devastating. But, um, but yeah, I, I mean, I'm so, I'm so proud 
of this of this film and and you know that the power i think that 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 it will have in in helping so many people and that's what he wanted and you know this ultimately is his legacy and it's it's you know it's bittersweet for sure but um but it's, it's super moving and for me you know we we launched this film the film premiere the world premiere of the film was at south by southwest on the 11th at 11 o'clock which you know everything about my husband was 11 11 and he killed himself he took his life after suffering from mental illness, you know, on the 11th at 111, he sent the note. So it's like, it's so beshared. It's so connected. You know, it, it's definitely helped, you know, with my healing to be able to put this project out and to, to see it, you know, have this, this effect that it's having on so many. Yeah. I mean, that's what I was, that's where I was going into because that's what I was feeling. I started getting emotional and I was thinking about for you, you know, on so many levels that this would be, you know, the fact that it came to fruition, which is, you know, to see something start as a, as a thought and then as an action and then seeing that action being carried through and then seeing how, you know, his involvement, his spirit is with that project and with you on that journey, if he's here in embodiment or not. And then you bringing it to fruition is also a part of your own healing through this journey as well. So as you're bringing healing to the rest of the world, you're also bringing healing to yourself, wouldn't you say? 100%. Yeah. And I, you know, I couldn't have done it without him and without Abby. You know, Abby's just just a rock. And she, you know, I mean, I, you know, she was so close to Christian. We were all so connected to this project and the children involved. And it's, 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 it's bigger than just a movie. Like it really feels like, like it, 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 it can affect change. You know, it can really, really impact and save lives. And that's what my husband really ultimately was about, was about helping others. What better way to do that than with a piece of art that will, that will educate the masses. Oh, that's so beautiful. Beautifully said, my love. Absolutely. Abby, you know, when you were deciding to get involved in this project, what was the motivation for you internally as far as, you know, you you understood about, you know, the medicine and so forth. But you know, when you're when you're a filmmaker, you know, you're always thinking about all types of things. You're thinking about like, you know, is people are going to receive it? You know, what is the how we're going to, you know, create this project with the funding, you know, all of these things. Like, what were all the thoughts that were coming in for you to give you that pure motivation to see it through? I mean, it sounds kind of cheesy in a way, but I mean, I really felt like we were going to see miracles. I really did. Like, I felt like we were kind of entering into this unknown world and, uh, you know, the evidence that we were reading about and that we were seeing was so compelling. And just some of the anecdotal stories about this working, how this medicine works. And we, you know, you just keep meeting person after person that keeps telling you their story. Like, oh, I had lupus and then I tried this and it went away and I had Crohn's disease or, you know, I had autism or I had this and, you know, Parkinson's. And I mean, just like so many things, you're hearing it and you're hearing it and you're hearing it and you're like, could this be true? Could this be true? But you're meeting these people. Like you're hearing their stories. So it just, for me, it was like, oh my God, like what if we follow these children that have cancer and like this actually saves their lives, you know? And without giving anything away in the film, it does in a few of the cases, not all of the the families, but, you know, there are children in the film that they have no medical reason to be alive. The oncologists, nobody understands why why they survived. And I think, you know, as a filmmaker, it's like those are the kind of like stories I'm attracted to, like just, you know, kind of game-changing stories that are going to really challenge people's conceptions of what they thought was a drug or what they thought was a medicine you know, really challenged mine. And then of course, like Ricky was saying, our first film, The Business of Being Born, was really about... When we started it, it was about Ricky having this unbelievably transformative experience having her second child and doing the birth at her home the way she wanted to do it with the people she wanted around her. And again, I went into that film like totally blind. I'd never been pregnant. I didn't know what was going on. But the fact that like all the stuff I was reading and it was like, oh my God, you know, 
can women really do this? And women don't even know they could do this. And all these women are just going to the hospital and getting hooked up to all these machines and IVs and, you know, this sterile environment. And like, really, there's this whole other side to childbirth that's sacred. And, you know, so it was that same kind of thing of like, we have to pull the rug out from under this. You know, we've, we've got to like reveal this and, and show people like what's, what's really going on. And I think that drives a lot of our films. And I should say our new film, which we're in the process of finishing now is similar. We're looking at birth control and we're looking at, you know, for the last God, you know, it's been 50 years, more, 60 years, you know, women have been taking synthetic hormones for decades and decades and decades. And we're looking at, you know, why is that still just the only way anybody approaches family planning? And is that really fair to women to have that burden and to be on all these medications? And what are the health effects for the planet? What are the health effects for women? You know, these are hard things to look at, but we, you know, I think we're, we're sort of drawn to that. Yeah, I completely agree with you 100%. I mean, I just did a talk on a women's conferencing about how, you know, women's healthcare, it, it just really sucks. <laughs> it just really sucks. And I think, you know, we put so much effort in putting a man into outer space and spending billions of dollars, but we, women should be the ones that have the, the, the top of the line healthcare because they're the ones who bring children into this world. They're the ones that create life on our planet. So I, I'm, I'm a big time advocate when it comes to anything that has to do with women's health and women, you know, women having children and women being able to, to, to protect themselves and honor themselves because, you know, they are the first and they are the, the leaders that are here to guide us. And so I think that's a beautiful project. And also the project that you did with the business of being born too. I think that's very important too, because you know, I have a lot of theories about about pregnancy and I've always had those theories since I was young. And it was always about I used to work for this doctor in San Francisco when I was studying holism. And you know, one of the biggest things for me was about how women go into this very sterile environment, you know, putting their legs up on these stirrups and like, you know, having a man birth a child from them. When I have, I look at the old days where women used to birth the children from women because they have the same synthesis and the same signatures so that when a man's in the room and a woman actually is going through her situation through birth and she's going through her labor pains, her emotional intuition starts picking up on energy frequencies in the room. And when she picks up on the man's frequency who has no idea what she's going through, has no idea the level of pain she's in, has no idea what's going on. And so he's stressing and creating anxiety. She picks up on that stress and anxiety and pulls that into her body instead of having a woman there who's holding that space for her and saying, yes, sister, we're here to support you to bring life into this world. And so I have a lot of views on you know a lot of you know imprinting upon the womb and imprinting upon children when it comes to birth. And when it comes to birth control, why is it that chemicals and this, and you know, one of the things I deal with a lot with women is the imbalance of their hormones, finding certain things that they can do, like take black cohosh or astrologous root and kamu kamu, which is a great combination to balance the hormones. But still, there's still this whole thing of, you know, um, how it affects their body in, in the long term. And I don't think science is looking at that. They're looking at short term. And again, short term doesn't do anything for the evolution of our species because it doesn't give us a clear understanding of what's going on because it's a quick fix. It's like going to Jiffy Lube and getting your car oil changed. It's a quick fix. It doesn't support the situation. We need to look at long term effects and how that's going to affect women in the long term. So I think that's a beautiful project that you just mentioned. And I'm really um, honored and to hear that you're actually, both of you are creating something so needed and so, and so wonderful. And going off that, I wanted to uh, go a little bit into the filmmaking process. Uh, when it comes to um, making uh, your film, We the People, uh, what, was the, what, what did you feel in the filmmaking process? Because you were spending a lot of time with these families. Did you ever meet any kind of resistance when you were dealing with any of these families? being so up and personal with them, so up close personal. Sometimes people have this kind of wall, like this is my family, I'm protecting my child, especially when you're dealing with mothers because that's their baby, you know? So they want to covet their child. And, you know, and you're, you're up there with cameras and you're in their face and you're, you're following them and you're in their life. Was that a challenge for you? 
Yes, it was. I mean, I can only speak for the first family that didn't make it in the film. So <laughs> I was extremely connected to this child. She shall remain nameless, but she, this little girl had my heart and Christian's heart. I mean, we were obsessed with this kid and wanting to help her. And in the end, the mom decided and never really worded it why you know but she basically just ghosted us one day and we had you know i mean i had chartered a jet to northern california to meet with a cannabis i mean not that there was any sort of ex- quid pro quo or like uh-huh. some exchange so i was you know i was actually okay with them not being in the film but for her to like disappear on us and to pull this child from our lives was devastating um but yeah we went down that road for about a, a, a few mu- a couple months with this with this family and they didn't end up in the film you know and um you know whatever it happened the way it was supposed to happen but yeah you get your you know your heart is is entwined with these families and um you know with another child in the film you know i don't want to give away the, the what happens but you know yeah there's some heartbreak and um you can't help but get invested in in these children and want them to be healed and did you ever feel that there was any backlash from the parents after the filmmaking process as if like you know because a lot of times people would be so open to do a film and say yes i want to be able to share this and then all of a sudden they they're maybe being passive aggressive and come back with a different thought and and all of a sudden your film's already been made and now they're they're upset about something did you ever feel that there was any of that involved in the filmmaking process you want to take that one abby (laughs) (laughs) sure no i mean not with the families themselves. I just feel like when you make these films, you just have to have really good instincts and really good connections with people and they have to really trust you. And so for all the families in the film, like I think I never would have started down the road with them if there had been any feeling in the beginning that they were going to be selective about what they allowed us to document. You know, it's kind of like the business of being born. People were like, how did those women let you film them pushing right. out a baby? <laughs> right. And like some of them, it was their first birth, you know? And I was like, I don't know why they did. I mean, first of all, they really, really trusted us. Second of all, they felt like they were doing it for a higher cause. They, they were doing it to show other women, hey, you know, here's this beautiful option. I'm doing it you could do it too. And I, and I think that was with We the People, the families believe so passionately about this cannabis oil and, and about having these integrative options. They just, they wanted to show other families and other people who were suffering of anything, you know, that this is okay, this is safe. I'm giving this to my child. You know, I mean, we were very careful to protect people legally so we didn't film, you know, kids that were not in California, that were not fully legal, that their doctors weren't on board. You know, we did have one family that came in from Chicago, but they like followed all the rules and established residency in California. They did everything that they needed to do, you know, to to be legal. So we we protected them in that way. But like, you know, I just think it's there's it's really a a gut thing. I mean, I think some of the characters in the film were trickier in the sense because sometimes if you're filming a person who's, you know, not necessarily a patient, it's not their personal story, but they're a character in the film as like an expert or, you know, sometimes I, I will make agreements with those people because they have a lot on the line. If they're a doctor, you know, that's working with cannabis, they don't want to lose their license. So I will make agreements with those people. I'll say, look, you know, we are not out to burn anybody. We are not out to make anybody look bad. Like I'm to- perfectly fine for with you to screen like all of your footage, you know, everything that we're planning to use in the film and like tell me if you're not okay with any of it. You know, tell me if there's there's anything that makes you uncomfortable that could get you in trouble because, you know, I don't want that. I don't want to have the film out there and then have people say like, I can't believe you put that scene in, you know? So with certain people, it, it, if, it, if they need that for comfort, you know, we'll, we'll kind of offer that. So you were really looking out for the integrity, both of your film and the people, which is really a beautiful thing. Yeah. I think that's a, that's amazing. Ricky, what would you say is one of your pivotal moments where you're like, you know, uh, I would say like just 
overtaken in the process of making uh, this film? God, I mean, I mean, I, really seeing it, you know, when we saw it with some mm-hmm. of the families, it's powerful. Like, I, you know, seeing it at South by Southwest on, on the month, you know, month anniversary of Christian's death and having his mother and his sister there. I mean, it was, it was supercharged for me. I, you know, I think I had like an outer body experience. Um, you know, that's the only way to describe it. I was so overwhelmed, overwhelmed. I mean, Abby and I were sitting next to each other where we got Mara, who's one of the, the, the protagonists of the film and Tracy, Sophie's mom, seeing it for the first time, kind of surrounding us. There's so much drama with the two of them. It was just like a next level experience. But um, ultimately, I mean, it's just, it's just, it's just so, I can't, it's so beautiful that, that this, this movie that started with an experience with like a very intimate life experience between my husband and me to see it six years later be this really powerful tool that is able to hopefully help so many people. It, it, it's, it's just like hard to describe. It was really powerful and bittersweet. Yeah, that sounds amazing. I like the whole experience. I mean, if you're having an out-of-body experience, I mean, this really was, uh, was getting deep into, your, into so many deep different spiritual levels for you. That's uh, really... But I do think he's guiding it. I do think he's orchestrating it on some level. I really do. I have a very, you know, knowing connection with him. And I know, you know, some of these coincidences when they scheduled the South by scheduled on the 11th at 11 a.m. Like I, I, I just knew, you know, he is present in some way, you know, not in the physical, but he's, he's right there. And um, yeah, it definitely feels like it's like divinely led. Wow, that's amazing. You know, and what I one of the things that I have to say though is your connection with Christian was so strong. I mean, because that's how you and I met. I mean, I think mm-hmm. we were on Instagram. You had made a comment on on a picture of mine or something, and then all of a sudden he was standing in my bedroom, and I sent you. I believe I sent you a, a DM right. or something, and I was like, yeah. uh, "There's a guy in my bedroom, and he says that you guys went <laughs> to sacred island that had some this and that." And I was like, "What is going on right now? Who are you? Why are you in my room?" You know, but. Those those level of that level of connection for him to just pop up like that means that he's really with you because he saw that you sent me a message and he obviously saw that I was able to tap into that world and see him and relate and that I didn't have the fear because I have courage to be able to send that message to you without looking like a cuckoo bird and thinking, Oh my god, I'm sending Ricky Lake a message about her 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 beloved. Absolutely. Yeah, I and I'm open to it and I, I relish those those validations, you know, and I believe he brought, I have a new love in my life and I am convinced that Christian had a part in that, bringing him to me 100%. You know, you know him. I think you know him. You're friends with him. Oh, I am. Oh, okay. Yeah. We'll have to talk about that another time. (laughs) (laughs) There's just some things we don't need to talk about. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, no, seriously, I think that he definitely was. I felt him when we were out, when we were doing his ceremony. um, Uh, That ceremony, let me just say, let me give you props. That was... That was beyond magic. That was so mm. healing for my heart. Abby was there. So many of my dearest friends who were so close to Christian. That was such a gift that you gave to me. I will never forget that experience. Thank you so, so much for being of service to me. It was, it was invaluable to my healing process. Oh, honey, you know, I, you don't even have to thank me. It's an honor to serve you, to love you, support you, to be there in any way that allows you to lift yourself to higher places and to be able to get the comfort and the love that you need during those times. I mean, that's a very, that was a very challenging thing. I mean, I don't want to start crying right now, but that was a very uh, challenging uh, experience for you to go through when you take, when someone you love takes their life. I can't even, I can't, I have a friend who took her life and she called me the night before and asked me to come to her place. And I couldn't because at that point in my life, I was on dialysis and I just couldn't pick up my machine and go. But she committed suicide. And when I, it's interesting because I talked to her now on the other side, but I just think for you, you know, when I found that out, it was a no-brainer. I wanted to make sure that your whole experience... That's why I went to your, your villa and cleaned all the energies to make sure all the people got in. Because I just wanted to make sure that you were getting that coveting 
that love, that nurturing that you need. Because to lose someone that you were in, in relationship with that was your soulmate, your twin flame that you had this deep connection with, you know, you shared so many beautiful moments on so many playful, childlike, uh, between man and woman, everything. Everything that people think a relationship should be. And it, it was for you. And then to have that person take their life and feel on some level, why didn't they reach out or why didn't they you know, say, hey, you know what? I'm about to do this. Talk me out of it or whatever is very challenging. So it was a no-brainer. you know. And mm-hmm. I wanted the ceremony to be very sacred. And I, wanted, I knew... Tanis, which is the goddess of that, of, of, you know, in, in Isfedra, you know, had called to me weeks before and told me exactly what needed to happen, exactly where we needed to put that boat and exactly what, how I needed to do it. And she told me to bring a drum and drum and that she would sound the drums through her caves and bring it back to us with his spirit. I can, I mean, I can tell you it, it was something miraculous and beautiful to see everyone and to see his ashes go onto the water. It was something wonderful. And I'm so happy to be there for you in all areas of your life, you know, to support you in any way. Mm-hmm. You, you do so much for the world, Ricky. And you always have every time, everything from your talk shows to making people laugh in your movies. You're such a gift and such a blessing. And so I'm honored to be able to support mm-hmm. you in any way spiritually and on any way that I can. I love you. Thank you. Thank you. I love you. Thank you so much. Yes. So, you know, when we when we are when we are going on this this journey of of really going behind the because that's basically what both you and Abby are doing. I mean, if we really want to get down to the brass tasks of it, you're going to the unknown. You're going to the places where people don't talk about so openly in the public. That it's not the it's not the conversation piece on on the dinner table that goes around the circle on the dinner table amongst friends. It is literally did you know this is this like the elephant in the room it's that it's that hidden thing that's that no one wants to talk about because no one knows how to deal with it and what you both are doing is you're going behind that wall behind that curtain in that darkness into that unknown and you're literally pulling out the things that people are need to talk about what does it feel like so i want to hear from both of you on this you know to put yourself in that space of going to the unknown and risking yourself in it because every time you bring anything from the unknown when society is not readily available to it as it open to it in the in, in because it's a part of their everyday lives there is a little bit of resistance that's there what's it like for you to be that mm-hmm. person who goes into that to that place and then brings it into the light for the world to see you want to go first ab no, you go first. <laughs> I, I I love it. Like in this stage of my career, you know, I I really have I think evolved. You know, through I've been in this business for thirty plus years. I started, you know, with my career with hairspray when I was eighteen years old, and I played this sort of iconic character who, you know, overcomes adversity and becomes this role model for so many. And that that role of Tracy Turnblad has like really lived on in so many different incarnations. And then. My talk show, I was sort of the voice of this younger generation that wasn't being heard. And so, but the truth is, I didn't really find my voice until we made the business of being born. Honestly, it was like post 9 11 and my search to kind of want to do something that was really impactful, you know, something that was personal. And so, through that, the making of that film and sharing my experience, I mean, I feel it really feel like I found my voice. And so, now this phase of my career is really about education and 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 being provocative and really asking questions of why things the way they are you know this doesn't make sense to me what do you think of that you know and and so that's really where where I come from my whole focus now is about you know informed choice and 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 really you know tapping into to 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 things that I think people should give a shit about you know it it feels really fulfilling you know I, it's much more fulfilling for me it's not doesn't my bank account the way a talk show does or you know making movies does but it really does give me purpose a sense of purpose and that i'm doing something good and and i love these projects that i do with abby i mean i just the, my most prideful work has been the projects that i do with her yeah it's it's just it's it's really meaningful and i think as we get older you know you want to leave your mark and you want to do something that you feel you know is doing something positive in the world and i definitely feel like we're doing that yeah, I, I call it. I call it the tribe. We call it your legacy. Your 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 leading legacy on the planet when you do these things. 
Mm-hmm. Abby, what about you, my love? Oh, I was just going to add when the business of being born came out, and you know, it was it was a very sort of volatile time. There was a lot of reaction, and and but I felt like I could die. Like I literally felt like, okay, my job here is done. Like I've done something that I think is actually both of us did something that is going to actually be something super important. And I do feel that way. But anyway, Abby, what were you going to mm. say? I love that, by the way. And you have and you have a best selling book on that too, right? The business of being born. I remember seeing that. It's called Your Best Birth. Yeah, it's a pregnancy guide. I wouldn't say it was a bestseller, but it's, <laughs> it's really it's beloved. It's beloved. Exactly. Oh, okay. Well, there we go. There's some facts, everyone. <laughs> it's, a be- it's a bestseller to us. <laughs> yeah, it's a bestseller. It's a bestseller to me because I think women need. It. I think women need it. Yeah, I do too. I think so much. I mean, everything. We have a friend, Jen Block, who's coming out with a book in a few months. She just sent us the galley called Below the Waste. And it's all about like this revolution in female healthcare, like you were talking about, that mm. needs to happen. Get her on my get her on the uh, on Ancient Wisdom That's today. Amazing. The tribe oh, yeah. love her. She will. She's comes out, her book comes out in June, but she should definitely be on it. But I mean, yeah, I think it's just there's so much. I mean, there's so much that's gratifying. And I feel very much like I felt like with the business of being born, with that making that movie, like really reflecting on it, I don't feel like, you know, that movie we went out there in this kind of Michael Moore style of like, let us prove to you, you know, what's wrong about A, B, and C and why you should think this way at all. Like, it is very much this experiential film where I think part of the power of it is literally just watching other women give birth because like we used to watch other women give birth and now we don't, right? It's all like in these little closed off. Yep. That's the thing I was talking about. Mm -hmm. Exactly. You know? And so I think that what I think about that film is I think that film just like reconnected with what people knew in their DNA. You know, because literally, like, there were men that, like, have never sobbed so much in that movie. Men were sobbing. And, like, why are they sobbing? Because they're, they're, they're like, remembering their own birth on some level, right? It's like everybody was born. And so I think that movie just, like, touched on something really primal that I feel like was, like Ricky was saying, was, like, bigger than us. You know, it was just, like, we just tapped into something at the right moment and put it together in a way where I really feel it was like people's own knowledge that was just allowed to kind of come forth and they could just watch this movie and go, yes, yes, that's how it's supposed to be. Yes, births should be like that. I always, you know, so it was a lot of what these films do is kind of remind us and same thing with Weed the People. It's like, yes, of course, that makes sense. Things that we evolved with on the planet for thousands of years are going to interact with our bodies in a certain way to bring healing. Of course, you know, why why wouldn't something like that work better than some toxic chemical concoction that they're going to try to make a billion dollars off and sell to people? You know, it's just, there's something just, there's like an innate like wisdom behind some of these projects that I think just spark people at the right time. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I talk a lot about and actually what comes out in my book this year in October is I talk about the nature code and I talk about how that's how creation has created every type of plant on the planet that has a code that connects with our body. And our body is this amazing, powerful, intuitive, psychic, aware system that is reading code. And each code is held within the orange you eat or the apple you eat or the plant that you take in. And when we put synthetics and chemicals in our body, it doesn't have the, the nature code intact. So our body 
recognizes and looks for the code. And when it sees it, that the code's not there, it goes into malfunction. And I think a lot of our health problems and a lot of the the difficulties in microbiome and a lot of the allergies that are happening and a lot of the things that are taking place in people's bodies when it comes to like breakdown of their, their central nervous system or you know anything that's causing like mental disorders such as bipolar or schizophrenia or any type of um, you know attention deficit disorder. All of that is related to the fact that we keep putting things in our system that aren't matching our code frequency. And what I find very fascinating is how science has taken out spirituality a long time ago and made it more about you know, checks and minuses and more about focusing on the relativeness of you know, what they can actually bring forth to market and, and, and make someone a consumer of and create it as a consumerism to your own body for your own need instead of looking towards nature and finding the codes in nature that deal with all of the symptoms that are showing up in an allopathic uh, medicine and treatment as far as you know, what's happening to the human body as a whole. And what I love about we the people is it shows that there is you know this code that the body is picking up on because how it's synthesis and how it's relating to the system and you know and i think we do have a way to go i think when more shamans uh, such as myself and other shamans step forward which you know what which i'm now doing now i've been working with a lot of amazing people like dave asprey and a lot of different psychotherapists and a lot of different you know scientists neuro neurologists and neuroscientists and doctors we've been coming together thanks to dave and we We've been having these deep powwows about how can we facilitate a bridge between the holistic world and the allopathic world and create um, awareness on the blind spots that we see in the holistic world that we don't see and that the allopathic world doesn't see from their perception. And how do we bring them together to join these things together and create a synergy where we're utilizing all of our resources in a way that creates health and regeneration on a grander scale globally? And it's interesting because, you know, uh, what I found very fascinating is that people can be so dis, you know, disregarding the, the, the real facts of, of how nature interacts with us when our body is made of earth, air, fire, and water. Our body is a living element. What makes you think that the elements of earth that are living elements would not merge with a living element of its own kind? So I really much believe in what you're saying in that in that regards because it's it's so true and it's so relevant right now where we are in our evolution to bring this level of information to the masses and why everyone needs to go and see weed the people and share it and post it and talk about it and get on Instagram and get on all your social media sites and share it with the world because this is a global movement. This isn't just Ricky and Abby creating a documentary that you're going to go like, yeah, okay, fine, whatever. This is literally revolution. And when we talk about revolution, we talk about revolutionary change and that the person who's sedentary, the person who sits, as Martin Luther King once said, it's worse for a person who is sitting and doing nothing and not speaking up than a person who's actually racist. Well, the thing is the same thing. It's worse for someone who just has this available to them and doesn't share it with the rest of the fans and with, with the rest of their friends and their family and the people that they love and care about, even if they don't accept these things, education is the greatest degree of excellence for our evolution. And especially when we're educating ourselves on ways that we can improve our lives and enrich our lives and prolong our lives, which is a huge, huge thing on our planet. Everyone's always going to get Botox and get all these types of you know, serotoxins put in their body from all of these different chemicals so that they can look younger, stay younger, look thinner, and, 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 you know, and be the hottest thing around. But they're not un un understanding that what we need to look at here is sustainable health. And sustainable health is going to come when we return to nature and when we return to understanding the elements and when we return to being able to share that knowledge um, with people and through, our, through our platforms and so forth. So I really am honored to have both of you on this podcast for we the people to be shared with the world and with with the with this community this global community that is a part of this tribe here and I, you know one of the things that I want to say what is your message to the world Ricky and Abby what's your message now that you've done these two projects right you must have gained some deep awarenesses of where we're lacking and as 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 a society as people as a culture globally what is your message for us to go up to go more 
more, more forward in our evolution, in our adaptation here on Earth. I think we need to trust our instincts, you know, especially as women, you know, because a lot of our fan base is, is women and mothers, you know, it's like advocate for yourself and trust uh, your intuition, you know, and educate yourself. Fantastic. And Abby? I would totally wholeheartedly agree with that. And I also think it's also about really not being afraid to question what you've been indoctrinated with, whether that's, you know, through family or just through culture, you know, things that you've accepted as truths about yourself, about people. It's really not being afraid to push back on that. And I think you'll see in Weed the People, what's astonishing is these mothers in the movie. All these mothers, they all went above and beyond. They all had this instinct that they were like, yeah, okay, I'm going to do the chemo and the radiation and we're going to do what all the doctors tell us. But they all had some instinct to like reach for more. You know, let's just go a little further. Maybe that's not going to work or it's not enough. You know, what else can, can we do to, to heal my child? And it's like that, you know, like Ricky was saying, it's like being connected to that instinct and, you know, not being afraid to follow through with that. Because I think we're all... Like I just finished that whole weekend with Mama Gina at the School of Masterly Arts. And, you know, Ricky and I go way back with, with Mama Gina and we love her. But it was like, you know, I was literally in a theater with 900 women for two days, listening to story after story about how these women, like just what they were taught about themselves as little girls, just how they were silenced and shushed and taught that desire is bad and bossiness is bad and don't be like this and you need to be like this and sexuality is bad. And I mean, just like the years it takes to be able to undo you know, all of these self-limiting beliefs. And that's what's kind of interesting about these movies is like the business of being born isn't really about childbirth. Weed the People is not really about cannabis. It's really not what they're about, right? They're really about this empowerment. They're really about saying, I'm going to bring this life into the world the way I would like to bring my child into the world, or I'm going to heal my child with nature. And, you know, they're, they're really about n- not allowing governments or institutions or organizations, you know, control the way we, we think and, and act and bringing things like back to the sacred, back to the personal, you know, back to that, that, that self self empowerment and and I think that that's like such an important message right now, particularly for women on the planet, but for for everyone. Absolutely, and you know, uh, I think it's important too for men to grasp yeah. what's happening. You know, because. You know, like and here in Ancient Wisdom, you know, we have all types of tribal members and we have a lot of men as well. And they're becoming much more educated with women issues, which is why I really love the men who I want to give it up to the men on in the tribe uh, because they're really call, writing me DMs and sending me messages and mail talking about how they didn't realize how they, what they're, what they, how they were contributing and how they weren't contributing, how they weren't stepping up and really supporting women and really creating that awareness amongst other men and really seeing women in their ability and their power and how it actually enhances their power as well. So I think men getting educated on all of this, everything from, you know, from the business of being born to we the people and, and even to the next film that you're doing. I think people really need to stay in, on, on your train and really get in touch with every project that you put out there and really become you know, uh, really engaged in the teachings that you're going to bring forth by going behind that veil and bringing that forward. How can people get in touch with getting involved? It's called weedthepeoplemovie.com. And uh, we're going to have information up there. People can get involved. They can donate to the children in the film. We have a GoFundMe set up for them. They can join our mailing list. I mean, we have another project about birth control coming out in the year. So um, yeah, we are always looking to build our community. And uh, yeah. And Weed the People, we should say, I mean, right now, the biggest thing for us is just to have people go on iTunes and Amazon and just rent the movie 
watch the movie and talk about it and spread the word because we don't have any budget to do that. We have a zero marketing budget. I mean, this is it. Our marketing is me and Ricky you know, on Ancient Wisdom. I mean, this is like how we're spreading the word about the film. We don't have advertisements. We don't have any big way to... You know, we don't have a big megaphone for this. These are really small, like low budget documentaries. So for us, the most important thing is just people actually going to rent the movie and and share it. Well, you know, and just to let you know, our tribe is very active and we have this whole thing we call it invite to ignite. And so we're very, very active in sharing messages that we very, very strongly believe in that's supporting the world and getting us out of being slaves and waking up consciousness and getting us woke. So you're not going to have any problem with this tribe. And we have a huge tribe on ancient wisdom today. So we're <laughs> so honored. Um, and how can, can they, and how can people follow both of you? Or do you have an Instagram account that they can follow? Um, yeah, I'm at I'm at Ricky Lake, R I C K I L A K E. Abby's at Abby, right? Abby Epstein X O X O. Is that you? That's me. And we have Weed the People Film on Instagram. We the people film. Yeah, perfect. So tribe, you know what to do. We, we're all about taking messages and we're all about getting information and we're all about sending it out to invite, ignite and ignite our family members, our friends, our loved ones and people that we just meet and share with them the rich knowledge and information that you get here in the shares on Ancient Wisdom today. I want to thank both of you ladies for being here. You're so dear to my heart. I love you so much. And I'm so happy that you got to be in today's share. Thank you so much, Derek. We love you. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Well, Tribe, you heard it, right? This is what it's about. It's about us being able to really see this as a human rights issue. It's really a human rights issue and we got to take action upon it. And the only people who can take action is us and we have to make it happen now. We can't do it tomorrow. We have to do it now. That means that you go right now and you watch this film. And trust me, I've seen this film, but I'm not going to tell you what it's about because I want you to go and see it for yourself. And then I want you to go and share it with everyone around you because that's how we keep this revolution alive. I love you all so much. And if you want to level yourself up, you can go to shamandurek.com. If you want to you know, get involved in some of my workshops and so forth. And you can also follow me at shamandurek on Instagram. And remember, Remember, the most important person is you. There's only one of you, and that makes you special. Until next time, see you later, alligator. Love you.